technology and adjusting values of success and happiness are changing the way we live and work. If you are a homeowner, aspiring homeowner, or business professional, these transitions are affecting your real estate decisions now. Welcome to the future of real estate with Jessica Stoner. Jessica and her guests will key you in to the technological evolution and other factors that will affect all aspects of real estate, your home, and community of the future. Now, here is your host, Jessica Stoner. Welcome. I'm glad you could join today. You are listening to the future of real estate. I'm a real estate futurist and your host, Jessica Stoner. When you're thinking of buying or selling your property, be sure you're getting the best informed real estate advice. Visit realestatefuture.ca and click Let Me Help. I stay in touch with forward-thinking agents around the world, and I'm happy to connect you with one in your area. Today, we're talking with Ubiquity, a company that, among other things, uses blockchain technology to record and register land title data. We've spoken with Ubiquity before, and we've learned a bit about how blockchain technology uh, can be utilized in real estate. We're going to revisit that today, and we're going to expand on uh, some of those thoughts. Ubiquity has some new projects underway, and we're going to discuss those, along with some other thoughts on how the blockchain can be used in the future of real estate. We're talking with Nathan Wozniak, founder, president, and CEO of Ubiquity and Marina Resnick, a licensed realtor and a partner with Ubiquity. You can reach both Marina and Nathan at their website. I'm going to say the name of the website and then I'm going to spell it for you. So it's www.ubiquity.io, but Ubiquity spelt a bit differently, www.ubiquity.io. Welcome, Nathan and Marina. Thanks for having us. Well, thank you for being here. We're really happy to speak with you guys again. Thank you. So I know we've discussed this before, but let's refresh it in everyone's memory, and we'll start right from the beginning. Can you give us an idea of a very layman's idea of what the blockchain is? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the blockchain is, um, I would say, an incorruptible digital ledger um, that stores economic transactions um, and they can be programmed to record not just financial transactions but really anything of value. Um, think, of, think of the blockchain as a digital ledger <clears throat> which uh, transactions can be made in Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency or any digital online currency. Um, they're recorded chronologically as well as publicly. So people, when they hear blockchain they associate it with a digital currency. Why is that? Marina, would you like to go ahead? <laughs> no, you were doing great. Go ahead. And I'll <laughs> so the question was, um, people associate it with a digital currency, and, and why is that? Yeah, when you hear the blockchain, you or most of the people um, who are not particularly familiar with the blockchain, their first thought is the blockchain is Bitcoin. That's correct. Uh, people have a tendency to kind of conflate the two, um, and, and, and technically, if you think of the word Bitcoin, um, it, there is, it is a digital currency that's, that's used online, as well as it, it's also the blockchain. Um, generally, when you're talking about the blockchain, you're talking about you're, you're usually using Bitcoin with a capital B, whereas okay. with Bitcoin, the currency it's a, a lowercase b. Um, but yeah, people do have a tendency to try to conflate the two. But it's important to remember that there can be other blockchains not necessarily associated with Bitcoin. Okay. So one thing I was surprised to learn about last time I was speaking with uh, Marina was that um, the blockchain that hosts Bitcoin is called the Bitcoin blockchain, but other data can be stored on it as well. That's correct. Okay. Absolutely. So, so for what your company does, do you use the Bitcoin blockchain to store data or do you have your own blockchain or do you use a variety of them? That's actually a great question. Um, you know, when we started our company, we, we partnered with a, a provider that allowed us to, so was essentially a platform on top of, um, that worked on top of the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, and this company called Kulu allows us to record 
uh, records um, and information that uh, normally the blockchain wouldn't be able to hold. Um, you know, the blockchain can only hold so much data. And so, although we're, we're although we are using the Bitcoin blockchain to store uh, what's called a hash of the data or just a sort of a, a, a fingerprint of that record, we're also able to add additional information based on the Kulu platform that we're that's basically going on top of, uh, of Ubiquity. Um, effectively, we can use the Bitcoin blockchain. That is our primary blockchain of, of choice. And with you know Bitcoin being the, the primary blockchain of choice using the, the Kulu platform um, for, for, for Ubiquity, we do have a choice of other blockchains as well. Um, so, you know, we've always, as a company, have tried to promote the idea of being blockchain agnostic. So um, we can support more than just the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, we can support Hyperledger, which is uh, another uh, blockchain technology. Um, we can also support um, Ethereum, which is a, a pretty popular one as well, and um, multi-chains. All right. Well, let's back up a little bit. That sure. It's good to know that there are multiple blockchains out there and they can be used by a variety of, um, for a variety of purposes. Can we discuss um, why a blockchain would be used to store data as opposed to a traditional online cloud server? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, the idea of... of Using the blockchain rather than uh, a traditional, say, cloud server is that it allows a truly distributed um, storage uh, capability. So, you know, although with cloud computing, it gives off the illusion that it's all, you know, it's in the cloud. It's this illusion of, of it being distributed and everywhere. It, it, it technically isn't. It's a, it's a client user experience, meaning that um, it's still on a central server. That data can still be falsified. Uh, it could be corrupted. Um, that data could could be hacked as well. But um, using a, using a blockchain, you know, for instance, the Bitcoin blockchain, um, it's stored in a um, in a way that well, in a way that's distributed in a way that um, is is a difficult to basically hack. Um, it also um, provides an auditable track record that can't be corrupted. So. All right. So so far, you um, with Ubiquity is looking to use uh, blockchain technology to store land title data. Why do you feel that it's a good move for land title data to be stored on a blockchain? I can take it from here if you'd like. Yeah, please. Uh, Well, I'm actually in the business uh, day-to-day. I sell real estate, and I see everything that, you know, I see all kinds of things going on. And with all the technology and all the advances we've made, you know, real estate record keeping is still, well, it's, it still feels like it's somewhat, maybe not in its infancy, but it certainly has a lot of, uh, we have a lot of cleaning up to do. So in countries uh, like the U.S. or Canada, we have a very robust and developed property record system, but it is still very old school. And in some developing countries, many developing countries, it's, doesn't exist, or you know, if it does, it's, it's we can talk about what exists there. But basically, in the developed in the developed world, we see property records still being stored on paper in you know a safe somewhere in mm-hmm. some small town, or even if they are digitally stored and e-recorded, they are still in siloed databases. They might be, uh, you know, the infrastructure municipalities simply don't have a lot of money to upgrade their infrastructure. So things are done traditionally and, and in a way that is not highest and best uh, use of what we have. I mean, we have a technology, blockchain technology, that is the newest database structure and it's the best way to protect against manipulation by corrupt governments or even simply fraud by corrupt other people, not (laughs) uh, malicious government actors in any way, but just simply people who are looking to take advantage of the fact that our system is so, um, takes so much labor to search ownership and to confirm things. And we see going into the future, building this in just to make it that much better and this whole process that much easier 
and uh, you know, make sure Can that you... the lives of everyone in the future <laughs> easier and less expensive. Well, that is absolutely something I think everybody would be on board with, something that's easier to search and, and less expensive and simpler. Why or how does the blockchain make this data more fraud resistant and easier and simple? Like, how does this technology accomplish that? Well, you know, it's interesting because um, every every transaction that happens on the Bitcoin blockchain is verified by um, users called miners. Mm-hmm. Um, miners uh, effectively get a reward um, by by doing basically solving mathematical puzzles, essentially um, using sophisticated hardware. It used to start with regular old PCs, and then it, it was more sophisticated hardware as we went along over time. And the mining gets more difficult, but for each time. Each time a miner um, solves you know, a puzzle online, a puzzle that's, that's in the blockchain, they get a reward, say Bitcoin, for instance. Mm-hmm. And um, in that, every every single um, every single transaction that happens on the blockchain has to be verified by basically the entire network. Um, the network is is comprised of many hundreds of thousands, even millions of users, mm-hmm. and um, if you were to do a transaction with Bitcoin, it has to get verified. Um, uh, chronologically, all the way back to the very first um, transaction that ever happened, and I believe that was in well, it was in early 2009. Um, don't quote me on it, but I believe it was February 2009. Okay. And and so, in order to falsify that, you'd have to basically falsify the entire network. Um, and every single blockchain is um, is basically verified by nodes, and every user that uses the Bitcoin blockchain uh, wallet, or excuse me, the Bitcoin wallet would have to verify that transaction. And so in order to do that, it would take more computing power than is possible, <laughs> more computing power okay. in the world than is possible. So. so basically, because there's so many people involved and everybody has access to all the same information, you can't falsify a record because everybody has the same record. You'd have to falsify everyone's. It, you would, absolutely. Um, and then there's also pretty, pretty sophisticated encryption on that as well to, that you'd have to break. So there's there's a lot of components at play at play here, and uh, a lot of things to consider. So it wouldn't be just as simple as you know you break into a bank and you hack the database um, in order to falsify records. Uh, it, it's a lot more complicated than that. It's on, on a distributed network, and it's um, based on pretty sophisticated uh, encryption as well. So who are the miners and who are the users? Could you not get a bunch of people together to falsify things all at the same time? I think in order, I mean, there there are uh, attack vectors, um, you know, theoretically that are out there. Um, you know, there's there's the idea that if 51% of the people had taken over the network, they could technically do what's called forking the Bitcoin blockchain or a blockchain. Right. Um, so it's called the 51% attack. Um, you know, they, they technically could um, do that, but at the same time, even if they did that, the other users on the network would have to to verify that that transaction happened. Right. And there's millions of users, right? So it'd be hard to get several million people to do one thing at one time. Exactly, exactly. It would would also cost so much money to do. Um, It would would take time and money, and it would have to be so many players, um, excuse me, actors at play. It just wouldn't make any sense to do. All right. Well, that sounds like... if I wanted to steal your house, I couldn't, uh, it wouldn't be financially uh, beneficial for me right. to try to falsify the network that way. Well, it does sound like it has a lot more um, security just based on the way it's set up than a traditional um, data record online. So you had mentioned that it makes things simpler as well. Why is that? Go ahead, Marina. I mean, if you think about our records in general. So let me just step back for a second. Record keeping in general is at the very core of our economic system and the basic structure of our society, right? And and we trust that the things that we record, like the deed we record with the, you know, the records office will be the most accurate information on file, on property ownership in this example. But many municipalities Jessica, you and I both know they <laughs> um, their records are not as secure as people think because budget issues and just kind of archaic methods of doing things. 
So they're physically not necessarily secure because of simply existing in physical form and, you know, susceptible to fire and things like that. Sure. Many offices don't have the funds to create redundant backups, even if they are electronic right. and um, or, or paper or microfilm. And then the the cost in curing these issues, the man hours that it costs, um, the time, the difficulty that it takes, you know, a few days to uh, do the search, go through everything, make sure everything's correct. If something is incorrect, having to fix it, there's a lot of overhead and cost, and it gets passed down to the consumer. Sure. So when we say make things easier, we really mean make things easier, less laborious, and more efficient so we can pass so we can create a lot of savings for the municipalities and for the consumer and, you know, make closing slightly less <laughs> expensive and make title insurance slightly less expensive. You still wouldn't want to do away with title insurance, but it would mm-hmm. certainly cut down on how much, um, you know, future claims and future issues, having the cost of having to resolve and cure those title issues. We're looking at it as a long-term kind of savings, uh, savings plan, in a sense, for everyone in the society, all the players involved in the right. industry, which is kind of a win-win all around. You know, yeah, that sounds like something that I think we're going to be looking forward to. <laughs> we're just going to head on into a break now, and we'll be back in one moment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Will you be using a real estate agent soon? It is important to work with up-to-date realtors with advanced knowledge of the ever-changing landscape of real estate. Knowing how things work today is no longer enough. To provide you with the most accurate service and advice, your agent needs to know about tomorrow too. Jessica Stoner stays in contact with current forward-thinking realtors around the world. Visit realestatefuture.ca and Jessica will connect you with a modern professional realtor in your area. Hire Jessica Stoner as a speaker at your next event. Jessica has unique knowledge of both real estate and future studies. With extensive industry experience and education paired with an unquenchable excitement for all things future, she's well positioned to share an assortment of topics about the future of real estate with your group. Jessica's passion and knowledge in her speaking engagements is apparent and thought-provoking and of great interest to a wide variety of audiences. Visit Real Estate Future have you friended us on facebook yet why not just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for the keywords voice america once you are part of our facebook network you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and new happenings at the voice america talk radio network and you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for voice america listening to the future of real estate with jessica stoner to learn more about the topics on today's show visit www.realestatefuture.ca now back to the future of real estate and we're back before the break we are talking about the cost savings of using blockchain technology for data storage so Nathan, you had just alluded to um, some report that had given some um, uh, details in regards to what kind of cost savings we might be able to expect. Absolutely. So there's a really good um, document that was created by the Goldman Sachs Group. Um, it's more of a prospectus if you, if you look into it. it. It talks a lot about different uses of blockchain technology and their potential savings. And um, they were really the first people to come up with something that kind of quantified the potential long-term savings of property records using blockchain technology. Um, you know, when we found this, this document, it was really like a holy Bible for us in a way. Um, I mean, no other document had come out in a brand new industry and to be put up by Goldman Sachs of all people, we found it really useful. So the document's actually called Profiles and in Innovation uh, Blockchain, Putting Theory into Practice. And some of the savings that we were able to find, and, and we ended up loading it on our website as well with this nice little timer showing the savings, is um, there's actually up to $4 billion in cost savings in the U.S. by reducing errors and manual effort, um, 
$550 million um, in annual U.S. claim and legal savings, and then potentially $3 billion in cost savings for uh, claim losses uh, and headcount and actuary risk as well using blockchain technology. Well, that sounds valuable. Very valuable. (laughs) (laughs) And at least some of that will trickle down to the consumer. Yes, yes. So that's definitely worth pursuing. So Nathan and Marina, with Ubiquity, can you give us a quick overview of what Ubiquity does? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we're we're an organization um, registered in Delaware, like many are, (laughs) uh, with partners and advisors worldwide. And we effectively offer a simple user experience um, for recording and tracking property records using a uh, using our blockchain platform which is a software as a service platform okay. you know so we are working with municipalities um, and our clients custom clients as well um, to benefit from a clean record of ownership um, and, and really reducing future title search time and I want to be very clear future title search because you can't do title search with our platform just yet um, but overall at this moment you can record property records and you can also have uh, confidence of increased transparency and security um, using our platform. Excellent. Well, it sounds like a good start. You have a new project. Oh, go ahead, Marina. I just wanted to add, think of it as um, like a snowball. We're building the records now, and we, the big picture is creating digital property abstracts, you know, uh, like the books that they used to have back in the day. I'm not sure, depending on the country, I guess. But basically a digital history of that property and all the different transfers of ownership and something that is immutable, meaning we can trust the fact that this is the record. We can't stop necessarily someone from, uh, you know, if a closing happens, you and I both know if someone misses an heir, that there's another heir that didn't get notified. You know, we can't stop those sort of human attorney errors, but right. we can we can really make sure there's no lost piece of paper, that if anything, we know when everything was done, exactly uh, time stamped, date stamped. It's, it's, it's so much more trans, uh, transparent, so much more secure that the building's not going to burn down, you know, the, the database isn't going to get hacked. And going forward, it just makes everyone's lives easier. It doesn't completely eliminate and create perfection, but it certainly is better than we have currently. So the big vision is yeah. an immutable digital property abstract. And I Excellent. want to be very clear, you know, the, the word immutable technically means unchangeable. It would be impossible to change. So we try to say, you know, near immutable. Yeah. <laughs> so if there was a, a manual error, like a human error that had been recorded, it can go back and be changed to be corrected? You wouldn't change it. You would just see that that was made and yes. the history of it. So that's the point is you don't want to go back and delete things because even we don't want to delete errors. No one's expecting anything to be perfect. Right. We just want to have a complete track record of those errors and fixing them and um, and it's all in one place. It's all like a digital health record of the property's ownership. Perfect. Yeah. A good example of that would be, um, you know, last actually it was last year at this time, um, it was late June of, of 2016, um, Marina did the, uh, the recording of the first property record ownership transfer and I guess that's a, that's a real, real estate te- term, excuse me, a real estate term right. and when she first did her first transaction um, on our system, um, it was wrong. We we forgot some fields, and we ended up having to do another one. And so we kept the actually. That I one just record. forgot the city. <laughs> oh, you forgot the city. Okay, <laughs> I forgot to put the city in. So I made the mistake, and right. I had to go and record another one. Uh, you know, two minutes later, and there's a record of both. And it's actually, okay. it, it, I was like. You know, at first I, I was heartbroken that the very first recording of a property transfer has an, a mistake, and then I thought, well, you know, actually that's a perfect way to show that it's okay to make mistakes. You just have an actual record of it. You can see the, ne- the next one, right? the corrected one, right. and it's very easy yeah. to track. All right. Well, that makes sense. Can you tell us a little bit about your new project you have in Brazil? Yeah, ab- absolutely. So, um, you know, our, our company has been really lucky in the sense of being able to just sort of be out there and be one of the first um, you know, blockchain real estate companies. 
so a gentleman had uh, contacted us from the real estate registry office in Brazil, um, and he contacted us because he said that there was basically some issues that um, his people had experienced, and they were looking at blockchain technology as a potential solution to um, some of the problems that they were having uh, in Brazil, particularly when it came to inaccurate records that were being produced. And so um, after several calls with a gentleman we had spoken with, uh, Raphael, uh, we we decided, hey, you know, wouldn't this be a great opportunity to at least start with a pilot, um, you know, on a parallel recording platform, and see if we can um, help him fix some of these issues. And so um, we've been working with with Raphael and the real estate registry's office in the best way to you know ensure cohesion and compliance with best practices and in the recording. And so we've started with that, and um, yeah, we're going from there. Going from there. Excellent. Now, I understand there's a study going on at the same time of uh, studying your pilot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, would you be able to repeat that last question? Sorry, I understand there's a study going on at the same time that's studying your pilot? There is, absolutely. So um, we, we do have a case study right now with uh, blockchain at UBC, which is the University of British Columbia. Um, and they have some, some students from the university that are in Brazil that are actually uh, studying this, exam- this, actually, this, is, this whole pilot that's going on in Brazil. And so um, it's being headlined by um, or organized by the former head of, the, of uh, an organization, the World Bank, uh, Dr. Victoria Lemieux, who's been uh, helping us with this. She published a paper called Trusting Records. Is blockchain technology the answer? And um, she's... She's been fantastic working with um, us as well as people in Brazil. Perfect. What are they tr- and we love hoping it to f- because we get all this feedback. We love having the feedback from them, from the academia side, and uh, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. They get to have some exciting work to to write about and study, and we get some excellent excellent feedback from academia. So. Oh, wonderful! Do you know what they're hoping to um, understand from the study and from this pilot? You know, our, from what we've been able to see is uh, they want to be able to, honestly, I think, um, figure out ways in which, uh, I guess, blockchain technology can help with um, solving manual en- uh, entry issues, um, solving problems with fraud, and reducing a lot of the, the issues that Raphael has been experiencing, uh, particularly with inaccurate records. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I think that's sort of what they're what they're doing. If Marina, if you want to add right. in to that, I'd, I'd like to jump in. Okay. Basically, what they're doing is studying actual use cases, real world use cases. There's a lot of theoretical, um, you know, discussions and and talking about the prospects of blockchain technology overall to revolutionize all kinds of industries and you know, basically the background architecture of our economy as far as you know, record keeping in general with banking and with all these other industries. And so there's a lot of, the last few years, there's been a lot of wonderful talk and inspiring, you know, uh, conversation, but now it's time to actually get down to doing it. And so that's a little bit different. Uh, So they're studying different use cases for blockchain technology, and we are one of them. And uh, we're really excited because obviously this is a huge field. And this is, we see this as a long-term project. We don't see this as a Let's create something, sell it, and get rich quick tomorrow. Either it's really right. not that's not the way that this is even. That's not the point. Um, but yeah, they're studying to make sure that we, what we're doing actually is useful, is going to be saving money, is going to be the more efficient way to do it, and is going to be the, the way to use the technology in this field in the future. Excellent. Now, it's interesting that a lot of these. Um, sort of pilots and trial runs with using the blockchain for uh, real estate recording is in developing countries. I understand developing countries have more of an issue with their land title systems. So have you noticed that this is actually helping? I know there's been some places in Africa and some places in Central America and South America. Um, Are you noticing a difference or is it just too early to tell? I would say it's too early to tell. Um, you know, we have a we have a partner uh, called Bitland that is in Ghana doing just that, um, helping with land records in Africa. And 
I, I think it's honestly too early to tell. I think that uh, it's going to take some time. It may take a couple of years before we really start seeing the full benefits of this. Okay. Um, yeah. So people are really excited about it, and they're, and they're really um, looking forward to the possibilities of what blockchain technology can bring. Excellent. Now, you have an, another new project uh, that you are working on in Dubai. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. Um, Marina, would you like to go ahead and um, elaborate on that a little bit? So it feeds into what you had asked a minute ago. In general, the layperson is not aware of blockchain. Which, well, I mean, you know, let's say just the regular homeowner and, and, and right. the people who would be most impacted by this because of the efficiencies created eventually and the cost savings, they're not as aware of this. And it's, um, it's more the experts in the field, obviously private sector like us, and then, you know, surprisingly, all of these different government organizations and, and, and officials are coming to us. We've had more people come to us than we've reached out to. So right. you would think with a new business, you'd have to do a lot of prospecting and kind of reaching out and trying to sell our, uh, sell our services. But we've had a lot, a lot of co- uh, inquiries from the industry coming to us. And that's really exciting. And it also really shows the need. And it really shows that these people who are in charge of these public records are recognizing the efficiencies, are paying attention to the reports coming out from Goldman Sachs and all these other, you know, Deloitte and all these other um, companies, really seeing that this, this is, we, we better start using this. And, you know, when the Internet first started, we didn't have as much foresight uh, how we would change our world 20 years later, right? Right. And everyone was like, wondering why we needed email. With this, we have the foresight now to see that this is going to really change things in the next 5, 10, 20 years, and, you know, very, very quickly and dramatically. And so they're reaching out to us. So the, the people who are in charge of these systems and these um, records <laughs> are the ones who are excited and do see the potential. And then the public will just benefit. Yeah. Oh, if I could add to that, um, you know, where everything with the Dubai um, stuff kind of came together was we were um, asked to be finalists in a uh, a startup competition that happened in Dubai in late May, and it was basically put on by uh, the 1776 VC um, organization out of Washington, D.C., and the Smart Dubai office. And um, we were able to participate in this, or actually our VP of technology participated in this as well. And um, we had a great time, and we were able to meet some really important people um, within government um, looking to help make uh, Dubai blockchain connected by 2020. They're having uh, an upcoming expo in late 2020, and um, we're excited to be uh, working with the government. Uh, this, I mean, it's still early on. We're still in negotiation stages, um, but uh, we've, based on our feedback and based on the, uh, the interviews that our VP had, um, they really want us to be involved in some capacity. Okay. Now, it's going to be a little different in Dubai than it would be in um, other jurisdictions because, I, as I understand it, Dubai or the UAE has um, sort of a very central system. So you have sort of one entity that you need to agree to change to this new system and it's done. So that's quite different than some other areas, for example, the United States, where there's many, many, many entities involved and you need lots of different organization levels to agree to make a change. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. That's correct, yes. So is that one of the reasons why Dubai was one of the first people who can, first, uh, I guess, countries or cities that can make this work because they just have this the ease of the transition? Sure. I, I would say so. Um, yeah, well, I would say so. And, and, and I think that, you know, a place like Dubai really wants to be at the forefront of new technology. Um, they really want to work to improve people's lives, and they want to, they're really poised to be leaders in moving applications forward. They always want the biggest buildings, the best stuff. It's, it's a beautiful place um, with, with wonderful people, and, and I think that the governments there are very forward-thinking. And, and um, um, you know, blockchain technology, I think, um, has, has the possibility to also increase uh, or create efficiencies 
with their existing platform or existing technologies now. Um, you know, although it's not siloed, uh, I, I do believe that the blockchain can um, can also help improve things over there as well. Okay. So do the you bottom think line is they have the desire, they want to be first, they have an expo, a world expo coming up where they want right. to really showcase how innovative they are. And uh, we're happy to help them, and it helps us really get the ball rolling and showcase this to the slower-moving entities like the fragmented U.S. Um, municipalities and other places where it would take longer. We're more than happy to show a working uh, platform. I mean, we have a working platform, but one that is actually government, uh, you know, designed along with a municipality of some sort, whether it's Dubai or the municipality that we're helping in Brazil. Um, however, we can get this off the ground faster and help the people in those regions and help the administration of, of all the records in that region. We'll do it. And then, obviously, um, you know, the U.S. and Canada and all the other municipalities around the world will be able to look at that and say, yeah, we, we, we want that. Let's fast-track that. <laughs> so. Excellent. So that is something you think that would happen, that um, you can use this as showing in an already developed country that there is, you know, a need for it. And if it is implemented, we will see these benefits. Yeah, we've been talking to, uh, we've talked to two of the four large title insurance companies in Mm -hmm. the North American market, and uh, obviously they see the value in it, and one of them especially, uh, we're really starting to put together some, uh, we're putting together a relationship where basically the title insurance company, let me back up, we're putting together a relationship where not only attacking this from the government side, maybe attacking is the wrong word, but we're you know, working with governments and then working with title insurance companies so that we can insure uh, from both ends. So the private sector feels comfortable and there's insurance backing and right. actually showing that the cost savings are going to be realized. And obviously government accepting these records as legal records, you know, right now they're accepting e-recording, some of them, (laughs) and the ones that are not, they're upgrading to eventually be able to e-record. So why not add that additional blockchain component to what we're already enhancing and upgrading and redoing the infrastructure and add that top-of-the-line, most secure technology that exists currently for record-keeping, add that into it. All right. Well, I think we're going to head into a break again. And when we get back, we will discuss a little bit more about maybe some future projects that Ubiquiti is doing and some other things we think uh, the blockchain might be useful for in uh, real estate in the future. We'll be back in a moment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Will you be using a real estate agent soon? It is important to work with up-to-date realtors with advanced knowledge of the ever-changing landscape of real estate. Knowing how things work today is no longer enough. To provide you with the most accurate service and advice, your agent needs to know about tomorrow too. Jessica Stoner stays in contact with current forward-thinking realtors around the world. Visit realestatefuture.ca and Jessica will connect you with a modern professional realtor in your area. Hire Jessica Stoner as a speaker at your next event. Jessica has unique knowledge of both real estate and future studies. With extensive industry experience and education paired with an unquenchable excitement for all things future, she's well positioned to share an assortment of topics about the future of real estate with your group. Jessica's passion and knowledge in her speaking engagements is apparent and thought-provoking and of great interest to a wide variety of audiences. Visit Real Estate Future have you friended us on facebook yet why not just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for the keywords voice america once you are part of our facebook network you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and new happenings at the voice america talk radio network and you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for voice america 
are listening to The Future of Real Estate with Jessica Stoner. To learn more about the topics on today's show, visit www.realestatefuture.ca. Now, back to The Future of Real Estate. We're back talking with Nathan Wozniak and Marina Resnick from Ubiquity. Ubiquity being a company that uses the blockchain to store and register real estate uh, title information. Before the break, we were talking a bit about the international um, projects that Ubiquity had on the go. They're working in Brazil. They're working in uh, Dubai. Let's visit a little closer to home, and um, can you give us a little idea of what is happening with um, uh, the advance of blockchain technology in real estate right here at home? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, thanks for asking. Um, You know, we've, with Ubiquity, as I mentioned before, we've been pretty lucky in order, in, in the sense of getting a lot of inquiries coming in rather than us doing a lot of the, the outreach. And uh, we were contacted by um, some people within the U.S. Um, who were looking at doing projects uh, in terms of property records in uh, a couple of different U.S. states. And so we've been putting together some proposals, very high-level proposals, on doing pilots um, within uh, a couple different jurisdictions. And so we were currently doing that. You know, it is a, a kind of a slower-moving train here in terms of getting things done, um, a lot more red tape and, and regulatory things that we have to consider. Um, but people have reached out, and we're working on um, implementing some pilots here in the U.S., uh, as well as... Um, We'd like to work in the Canada as well, but uh, the U.S. is something that we're focusing on here as well. Okay. So what would be the driving uh, reasons that different municipalities or jurisdictions in the United States would want to implement this? I would say the biggest issue being siloed information. Um, You know, in a lot of places in the U.S., there a lot of the records that are there are simply not connected, they're, or they're in, in, in databases that are not um, distributed in, in a way that can be uh, verified. A lot of the information may even be inaccurate, and might, you know, it also opens them up to other things like um, fire, theft, fraud. Um, you know, there's, there's some pretty interesting cases in the U.S., particularly in the eastern U.S., which we've heard of. Uh, one of our advisors had mentioned how they, they drove out to a... <laughs> dusty road and into a small town and they had to get some records from the recorder of deeds and they uh, got to the area and found that it was a trailer park with a um, with a uh, a safe that contained all the records and that to me is frightening and I, I think that ubiquity has the the power to be able to solve problems like that using a distributed um, you know peer-to-peer database um, using the blockchain uh, because when you think of situations like that, it's, it's quite frightening um, mm-hmm. to imagine that this is happening all over the U.S. Um, maybe not to that extreme level, but um, we do think that you know centralized databases, say databases that aren't in any way communicating with others to be able to, uh, to, be able to verify records, is a problem. And I know that Ubiquity is able to solve that. Oh, excellent! Now, do you think, or do you know, is fraud? in real estate titles something that is a problem in the United States or in certain areas? Or are we just being proactive by saying this could be a problem, so we'd better address it now? Oh, it's <laughs> there's definitely a, a fair amount of fraud going on, um, whether it's, you know, something minor like uh, be having a missing heir and maybe not disclosing it in one transaction to wholesale fraud, you know, uh, I don't know, I could probably tell a lot of stories, but mm-hmm. uh, with falsified deeds being recorded, with, um, you know, when it's paper-based, it's much easier to falsify things because you submit something, it's very, you know, maybe maybe they don't have a lot of records on it, they don't have any, maybe this property's been in someone's family forever and there's really no conveyance uh, trail, and when it's paper, you you know, the recorder might just accept it. There's nothing to check it against. Um, in, in this, they accept it, but then a few days later or a few weeks later, somebody finds out uh, that they're actually the owner, but 
suddenly they find out they're not or whatever the situation Hmm. is, having something that's slow-moving, paper-based, and no way of truly figuring out who did this when, uh, you know, it's too late by that point. It could be... It could be done in the space of a few days where someone records a deed um, before all the systems are are updated electronically. They maybe go and get a mortgage against it, and then once they Mm -hmm. figure out it's fraudulent, you know, it's too late, the money's already been mortgaged out and spent. There's too many uh, scenarios to kind of explain, but there's definitely fraud. So that is definitely something happening now that people have to be aware of in in the United States. Correct. Yeah, and anywhere in the world. I mean, and errors themselves, just errors are, this is family's lives being impacted, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. You know, we've read online that uh, fraudulent conveyance on titles, uh, something like a billion dollar a year problem in the U.S. Hmm. alone. Um, and there's other issues to consider as well, you know, errors in public records, unknown liens, forgeries, um, missing errors, all these kind of things that blockchain technology has the power to be able to fix. Um, okay. And we're pretty excited that we can be at the forefront of that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a worthy cause for sure. Absolutely. So what's next for Ubiquity? What things are coming down the pipeline that we can look forward to in uh, using the blockchain for other items in real estate in the future? Marina, would you, you mean like to start picture? with that? I can add to it. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, as far as what we're doing with, you know, just helping um, municipalities create newer, better systems, that's a big enough, um, that's a mountain to climb all on its own. But we do see in the future ways of using this and expanding the systems that we put in place for convenience, for, um, you know, easy, uh, uh, for for someone, let's say, to pay their taxes online if they own their property and there's no mortgage, and also to maybe have a portal that allows them to upload all kinds of records, uh, a new roof warranty, a survey, anything like that, that they aren't required to record, you know, per the municipality, but just something that is really helpful, that really adds value without, um, by, by simply having the records. When I meet with sellers and they have all their paperwork, it's probably 5 to 10% of the time, and I love them for it. <laughs> but it's so rare. <laughs> It's so I, rare I that find it rarer their... than five to five to 10% of the time. <laughs> oh, there you go. So <laughs> if I meet with a seller and they have all their records, it's like, wow, you're, you're a responsible organized homeowner. This is awesome. But really we want to make it something that is expected and easy and, and helps build like, you know, uh, like a digital health record for the property. So we know if it ever gets foreclosed on or just simply in a regular sale, you know, we know the latest up, the latest survey. It's easy. It's available. We have the warranties from the roof. And especially if it's something that went through a foreclosure process where there's no owner to ask, well, ideally we envision a future where you can still have all those things because ideally the last owner chose to create value and add those things as they did whatever they needed to do um, and and interacted with the city online. Uh, Or things like condo association documents and, you know, uh, other documents that are related to each property. Yeah, and I think that what we're also seeing in in, in the southern U.S. and, and many different jurisdictions is you have these things called title plants and you know, in a way, what we're creating is, and I guess long-term, is something like that, you know, be able to have, work, with, um, work with municipalities and, and, and title companies to be able to get the land record data, the plat lists, court file documents, assessor data, all that kind of information that we could put on our platform, which would, um, you know, probably coincide with a, um, a, a solution that we're working on right now where we're working with some vendors on a cloud storage solution for Ubiquity as a, as a secondary means of um, you know, revenue generation, but also being able to say, okay, well, we're going to do more than just record um, a record or you know, use our platform. We actually want to be able to store some of this data, and of course, based on uh, best practices and, and uses. Um, and so you know, Ubiquity will be a cloud storage provider as well, and uh, I think that will help the industry and, and help 
make that information uh, more secure as well as uh, verifiable and that kind of thing. I think that's a brilliant idea. Um, having a permanent property ID and every single time something happens to or with the property, it's recorded and we'll have very, very knowledgeable consumers and buyers and sellers in the future. I, th- I think that's a great program that you are thinking about. Thank you. <laughs> and it preserves the property's value. It adds to its value when we know the more information we know about a property, the more we can discover its true value. And, yeah. um, you know, it, we, we know if the roof looks new, great. If it's leaking, well, hey, look, there's a warranty. It's not going to cost a couple thousand to fix it because it's that's under warranty. Right. Or, that's just a simple example. But, yeah, we want to really preserve the property value and, and make sure everyone's thoroughly knowledgeable about everything going on with it. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that makes perfect sense. Even in our area, insurance companies now want to know the age of the roof. Many people don't know. They just they don't, they don't know who installed it. They don't know. Um, they just don't know. So that type of thing really should be known. So and it's a simple thing to record. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's a good thought. And it would Absolutely. create more cost savings because the insurance company would be happy to know that this roof is you know. They're not going to add extra costs to insure against the not knowing. That's right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. But I want to thank both of you so much, Nathan and Marina from Ubiquity, for sharing with us today. And you can reach Ubiquity at www.ubiquity.io. I'm going to spell ubiquity for you again, www.ubiquity.io. If you have any questions or you'd like to contact Nathan or Marina, you can do it there. Thank you. For, so thank you, Nathan and Marina, for joining us. And we will uh, hopefully have you on another show in the future. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much. Thank you. For more information on hiring myself as a real estate futurist speaker at your next event, visit realestatefuture.ca and click professional speaker. Please join us next time. Uh, and you can find more information on today's guest and what we spoke about at realestatefuture.ca. See you next time. We hope you've enjoyed and have been inspired from today's edition of The Future of Real Estate. Be sure to join Jessica Stoner again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you here next week. 